Jam Session is a podcast where two guys who grew up in Dallas-Fort Worth discuss sports, craft beer, life, and their experiences living in one of America's most vibrant cities. If you love sports, you're going to love this show. If you love craft beer or you're curious about it, you'll love this show. Great conversations with good friends is what Jam Session is all about. Welcome. It's nice to have you here. I hope you enjoy it. I think you will. You're listening to the Jam Session Podcast. I was told that I could listen to the radio at a reasonable volume. With Cowboys insider... What's your name? Jean-Jacques Taylor. That's my name. Radio personality and craft beer expert, Matt McLaren. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. Comes from upbringing. And now, the Jam Session Podcast. It is indeed Jam Session. Subscribe, rate, review, hang out with us for a while. Right here on the Jam Session Podcast. Sponsored as always by Greening Law. A personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas, Greening Law fights the legal battle so you have time for healing and renewal. But right now, that moment we've all been waiting for has arrived. Ladies and gentlemen, the radio, the TV, the podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. What up, Doc? I would be the non-sexy one. It's Matt McLaren, and this is Jam Session, the podcast version 245, asking simply that you prepare to be dazzled. If not entertain people. We will have a lot of entertainment. The Mavs game three. We will get into that. Quite a lot of thoughts on what we have seen out of the Mavs so far in the Western Conference Finals. A lot of fun stories. I mean, your son went to prom, which was pretty badass over the weekend. So we'll have some personal prom stories. Got a little peep show action for you. A lot of fun to be had. But none of that made possible without the attorneys. The green team. Robert Greening. If you were in a car accident this weekend, if you were hurt on the premises of a business, your first call on Monday morning has got to be to Greening Law, 972-934-8900. All that crap that you have to deal with when you go through a major accident like that, let them handle for that. Let them be your fierce legal competitor against the insurance companies. Well, see, I think here's the deal, man. Friend of mine was just involved in a serious wreck yesterday, and mm. I sent her a uh, no serious for real. Uh, they got t-boned by somebody who ran a red light, mm. and uh, I sent them the information this weekend to say, "Hey, this is a call you need to make ASAP if you if you feel like you need uh, some legal representation." I said, "They'll they'll just what I'm telling y'all now." I said, "It doesn't cost anything to pick up the phone and tell me the situation, and they grind, they work hard for you, they don't get paid unless you get paid." Um, because that's a classic case of you were minding your own business and life changed for you at that moment. And uh, you need somebody who can help walk you through the process. Yes, you do. You you very much do. Trust me on that. And Greening Law is the one to make the call to. 972-934-8900. The consultation's free. You give them a call. They'll ask you a few questions. It's very easy. 972 972- Nine three four eighty nine hundred. It's Robert Greening. Call now. Offices Dallas, Texas. So here we are, and uh, Mavs lose. Mavs have lost Game Three of the Western Conference Finals after losing Games One and Two in Golden State. It's a nine point loss. A game which, quite honestly, it felt like they were just struggling to keep up with the Warriors the entire way through. I think everybody is fully well aware that no team in NBA history has ever come back down three games to none. The Mavs will not become the first. They're not going to win four in a row 
against Golden State. They're just not going, not this team of championship medal, these players that have multiple titles that know what it takes, this coach. I'm just hoping the Mavs can at least get game four and and, and let Golden State take it in game five and, and avoid the sweep. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what we're we're uh, we're left to talk about now. I think the, uh, you know, I was thinking about it as the game was going on because they it just felt like if they were uh, they were even when they were up they were never in control. I think they got it up to eight right. a couple different times, but they never felt like they were in control or they were one bucket away from control. And it seems to me that now we'll look at, I mean, it's pretty clear that Golden State's a better team or it's a better matchup for them. They're a better team. Uh, but two, you know, series was really lost. And I say it like this when they blew the 19-point lead in game two. Yep. But I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, it was really one of those 19-point leads that was one possession. And so, yeah, it was 19, but it was there for like 10 seconds. And as opposed to when you get it and you get to maintain it for a minute, they never really got it, and that's where, to me, where the series really turned. As soon as they got up, Golden State came right back and cut it to, like, you know, 10 or 11 fairly soon. And so they never really got the benefit of having that big lead and, and you know, trying to play with it for a minute. And that, to me, is really where the series was lost. Yeah, and I think, like, you talk about it. Golden State, obviously, is a better team. This is, and, and yeah, Ke- Kevin Durant's not there anymore, but it, it's still Green, it's still Stephen Curry, it's still Clay Thompson. I mean, we're still talking about three of those players that know what it's like to do this in the playoffs. Steve Kerr is is obviously still the coach, and then you get people who come in, and, and Wiggins. Nobody expected Andrew Wiggins to do what he did tonight, but they've got pieces like that. They've got a loony who can step up and make some plays from them from time to time. Or before he got injured, Otto Porter Jr., and they just – Jordan Poole, who hit a couple of big three-pointers tonight. And this is a, a game, and watching this series, to me, and I was telling you this right before we started recording, this looks like, okay, the Mavs are looking in, how do we become what the Warriors are? Because we've got one of those guys. We've got Luka Doncic who is capable of doing things at any given time. And maybe we have another one of those guys collectively, but but their two is better than our two. Their three is better than our three. Their four is better than so on down the roster. I mean, quite honestly, and, and I don't think it's close. And so you're starting to see that gap between where a championship level team is and where a team that surprised everybody by making it to the Western Conference Finals in the Mavs is, and really, honestly, the work that they have to do with this roster to become that type of team that Golden State is. I think that's what it's all about now. It's like, okay, and, um, you know, the, the beauty, and I, I've talked about this from the jump, I think, but the beauty of this playoff run, one more game or two more games probably max that we have, is that you've really gotten to see you know, how guys have played, you know, at the highest of stakes and when the games mattered most, who can deliver, who can't, who's capable of going what level. And now you can you can really sit back and evaluate um, what you have. And, you know, the question is, how do you make the team better? Uh, in the NBA, it's always so much star talk. But if you think about Luka and how this team is constructed, it takes a certain kind of if you want a star. It takes a certain kind of star to play with him because he, 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 you know, he's got the ball so much. Right. Um, and the problem with if you say, okay, he's our star, we'll sign, we'll surround him with high quality role players. Is well, you saw the problem with role players. Um, now you can say high quality, and it becomes a subjective term. But like Reggie Bullock, 
I think he had 19 points or 20 points uh, in game two. Well, he threw up a goose egg today. Right. You know, 0 for 10, I think, from the field, 0 for 7 from threes. Uh, well, that's the problem with role players. Yeah, he plays terrific defense. Nobody's saying that. Nobody asked him to be a scorer. But you can't give us goose egg, uh, you know, for the position you're in. And so their, their problem is how can you find a role players consistent enough to go? Because I got to tell you, bro. If you tell me Dinwiddie's got 28 and Jalen's got 20 and and your boy hits 40, I think you win most nights. Maybe, perhaps you do. I, I think it, it depends on how you're getting there and the level of defense that you're playing also plays into that. I mean, the Warriors have shot very well in this series. They shot 47% tonight. They and this is what's interesting. They they're generally a team that turns the ball over a lot. The Mavs didn't generate a lot of defense of turnovers tonight. Warriors only turned it over ten times. A couple of things that really jumped out to me, kind of what you're talking about, those role players, and, and that's where it goes back to is that I don't know Brunson's not a role player, right? I think he's above that now, and I don't know that we consider Dinwiddie like the role players to me that you need more from are the Finney Smiths the Reggie Bullocks, the Maxi Klebas, the Davis Bertans, who's literally on this team to hit three-pointers, and his only points tonight were a dunk when he drove because he didn't have his shot. And and that stands out to you when you're looking and you look at the Warriors and, and just you go one through eight or whatever, one through nine in your rotation. I'll put Luca up there with Steph. Obviously, Steph in his career has been a better player, but Luca is capable of playing on a level like that. Then right. you start going how you slot it out behind Luca, and every person that you match on the Warriors, one through nine for the most part, you're going to take the Warrior over the map. Well, that's why they're a better team, and that's why they finished above them in the standings, and that's why they're up in this series 3 nothing. There ain't nothing fluky about this. Uh, they've been a better team, obviously, and now it's a matter of whether the Mavericks can take one for pride and get smashed in uh, game five or if they get smashed in game four. Uh, I mean, to me, that's really the only suspense left. But it's been a it's been a hell of a season, and you know, I think it has provided some answers to questions. You know, and and that's what you need, man. And that's the beauty of going deep in the playoffs. Uh, it's experience, it's understanding thing, and you get questions answered about guys, and uh, you know where they are. Well, it, like, and the reality of it is. You know, you need a guy like a Dwight Powell and a Maxi Kleba, but you need a higher level of what they of what they do, and and, well, and they're just what they do. And you know, like Bullock, I mean, generally he's supposed to be a shutdown defender. Do you really want Reggie Bullock taking ten shots in a game? And 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 I've said this multiple times, and we've seen it from times when you when you surround him with dudes that are supposed to be able to shoot and actually hit it. Lucas should never have three assists in a playoff game. He had three right. assists tonight because nobody was making shots. And they got good looks, just like they did the other night, just like they did in game one. They're generating quality looks. They're getting open shots. These guys, for whatever reason, just aren't hitting them. Well, I mean, it's, I mean, again, you're talking about relying on role players. And that's what we're talking about. And so if you're talking about elevating the game, elevating the team, you're talking about how you can get – it's not even – you don't even want role players. You want really good players. Um, you know, but – it's it's a nuanced statement, but you have to get them. What happens is the Mavericks have figured this out. Their guys are more than capable enough, more than good enough to win in a regular season. And they'll probably win 55 games next year if everybody's healthy. Maybe 57. Finish third in the West. 
maybe a high four again. But then it becomes in the playoffs, can your role players crank it up? Uh, because some teams are great during the regular season and then can't elevate it because of the way they're built. And so you got to figure out how to get better role players so that you can win in the postseason. Well, and the reality of it is, like, you have already locked in Dorian Finney-Smith. He's supposed to be a 3 and D guy. Is Reggie Bullock going to be here for a while? And, and some of these other yeah. players that you have, you know, whether it's the Bertans moving forward and Dinwiddie moving forward and guys like that. But Dinwiddie's been really solid in this series. Brunson gave you 20. Brunson was fine tonight, 7 of 12. One thing that they're really missing is they do not have somebody who can rebound the damn basketball outside of Luka. They are getting out-rebounded in this series 141-98. to They got wow. colossally out-rebounded again tonight. It created a lot of second-chance points on the offensive glass for Golden State and second-chance opportunities. I think at the end, Golden State had 14 points off of second-chance opportunities. It was 18-4. to is, is it, So Golden State had 18. The Mavs had four, so a 14-point advantage in that. You know, and, and you just kind of look at it like a guy like Wiggins gave you 11 rebounds and Looney gave him 12 rebounds and Clay Thompson had seven and Green had five. And then you look at the Mavs. No Mav had more than five except Luka and he led with 11. Dude. I mean, uh, you, you can't have like Kleba, Kleba and, and Dwight Powell combined for six rebounds. In 33 minutes of, of combined time, they had six rebounds. You, you got to have more than that. Not good enough, man. And, you know, some of it's a, it's a height thing. Some of it's a positioning thing. Some of it's an athleticism thing. But the bottom line is you got to go get it. You got to figure out a way to get it. Or you got to get different players on the floor. Um, because they had too many offensive rebounds, that, especially at momentum, you know, checkpoints, whether you're up by eight and that allows you to get back up by ten or whether you're up by four and then that pushes it to six. You get a stop of three, nice nine again. You're like, wow. And it all happened because of an offensive rebound two possessions ago. Um, you know, so, I mean, it's okay, man. What you're finding out, as long as you can continue to build, is this is what it takes to be a champion. Yeah, and that's the thing. Again, it goes back to what I was saying. I think Golden, Shade, Golden State is, is literally showing you that. They are showing you, you want to be a champion. You've got one of those pieces. You've got a Steph Curry. How do you find guys? What do you need to put around him? Because not everybody has to be Steph and Clay. I mean, Andrew Wiggins does different things. He, he, he's not the guy that's supposed to go for 27. He did it tonight. But they've right. got different things, and everybody that fits that role, and they've been able to do that for the last few years. This isn't the team that they were a few years ago. I'm surprised that they're on the brink of being swept. I, I thought the Mavs could at least push this. You know, originally I said, I'm never going to pick up against Luka again. I thought some of these dudes would ride with them. I mean, they, what were they? They were 13 of 45 on threes tonight. They were 11 of 48 in game one. I mean, they hit 21 of 45 in game two. But overall, they're just shooting 32% from three. And for a team that's going to take 45 plus three pointers a game, if that's how you're going to do it, you, you can't win a series banking on hitting 32% of your threes. No, they, they got to shoot better, and they got to attack the bucket better. And, um, you know, they can't have the – again, man, you can't have your guys give you nothing offensively. They got to give you something. You take 10 points. You, I mean, 10 shots like Reggie Bullock, you got to score. Mac, he and Maxi Kleber combined 0 for 15 and 0 for 12 on threes. You can't do that, man. Those guys combined for like 65 minutes and gave you nothing offensively. Yes, they, they really do help you on defense. They give you some stuff. But basketball is a two-way game, bro. Um, you got to give me something offensively. And they gave you nothing. 
And uh, in a close game, that's why they lost. Yeah, man, and that was like the whole thing is like every time, no matter who they would kick it out to, and you can see the frustration, you know, Luca, the usage rate and, and how he gets so banged up because you just don't have anybody else. And he'd look for Dinwiddie. And then there were times, I mean, Kleba got to a point where he was standing out there and Reggie Miller kept talking about it. Like he, got, he would get hesitant because he was 0 for 5. And Bullock was 0 for 7. And Bertans was 0 for 2. So you've got three dudes who uh, were 0 for 14 combined from the three-point line. I mean, you you just can't have that and think that you're going to go up against a team like a Golden State and 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 beat them. It's just not going to happen for you. No, man. It's um, it's uh, it's part of the process, and that to me is what you can take about like, and and to me the big takeaway is especially after the first couple of games in Phoenix, you know, Jalen Brunson is a guy you can count on. And so to me, given the construct of your team, um, you need to pay him um, because you're not going to be able to replace him. And Dinwiddie, even if you get Dinwiddie and you say that's an edible, that's a, that's a solid replacement. You know, he's a lot older. He's already in his 30s. And then it still means you need to find another guy who can do what Dinwiddie does, which is create his own shot and do some of those things. And, you know, if you've got the guy, you don't want to go look for the guy, especially when he's young and homegrown. So yeah. I'd give him the extra year. It's, you know, it's like a lot of things we talk about in sports. Um, it's the going rate for, for what he provides and what he gives. And our mistake, and I'm not really sure it was a mistake, bro, was not signing him earlier. And so we got to pay the costs because we took a risk this time it worked out sometimes it works out in team's benefit yeah and it's it's unfortunate because now you have it where luca is two and six all time in playoff games in which he scores 40 points and that is showing you that they just don't have enough around it to to figure out a way to take advantage of a dude who's capable of scoring 40 points yeah, think about that. Two and six when he scores forty points. Yeah, and, and I think uh, they they had the stat. Dirk was six and one in his playoff career when he scored forty points. But again, it it goes to the level of team that is around him. One that he has to score that many points, and two that he can go for forty, and nobody else is doing enough around him to to help get it done. That to me is the whole key, bro. Blown opportunity after blown opportunity. And again, I'm not, I think it's just disappointing because you were hoping for a better showing. It's not really frustration just because the Mavs weren't even supposed to be here. Nobody thought the Mavs were going to be in the Western Conference Finals. And so the fact that they were able to get here, I think, at, in this season, it, it gives Luca a little bit of that glimpse of this is what it takes. You know, I, I think it was Stan Van Gundy that was mentioning this at the end of the game tonight on the national broadcast. And it was talking about this whole thing of Luca needs to learn, you know, you got to be in shape the whole season. You got to learn how to play better defense. He needs to become a better free throw shooter. There are things in his game that he needs to work on that should show, look, you can get to this level and you can get past it, but you've got to start taking this a little bit to a different level outside of I can do step back threes and these one legged floaters and all these other things. No, I mean, it's it's the maturation of a player. Uh, and it happens when you want to be great. Um, you know, if you want to be, you know, if well, not even that. If you want to be an all-time great, then you got to do certain things. It's why later in his career was the last five, six years, Dirk cut out, you know, red meat and ice cream during the season and wine. You know, it's just for the offseason because during the season – I've got to be the best I can be, and I've only got a finite amount of time in my life to do it. Now, yeah. Luke is 23, so he don't really think like that just yet. And 
And frankly, that's the reality. Um, but there's those things he can work on. You can certainly come out in better shape. And because what you found out is, you know, instead of he, if he's in better shape, instead of the fourth seed, maybe they're the second seed because they win three more games or whatever it was. Uh, you know, because he's he's better earlier. So there's just some maturation things, man. If you got a great player with a great attitude, you don't really worry about that. It's just time. Yeah, as Jason Kidd said after the game in his post game press conference tonight, I'm seeing this on on Twitter here. This is just the beginning of our journey. It's cool to go through this. This isn't the end. This is just the beginning. And and he's right. It is. And 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 we've talked about this in regards. I mean, hell, look at Michael Jordan. You look at some of the greats of all time. It, it takes the understanding of how to win in the playoffs. And Luka and the Dallas Mavericks, hell, it happened to the Mavs with Dirk. It happened to the Mavs with Dirk where it took them years just to get to the NBA Finals the first time in 06. They went through multiple series and some heartbreaks and, and series against the Kings and the Spurs back in the early aughts that they had to learn how to do things so that they could overcome the challenges of teams that were already on that level you just don't see many teams show up and be like, oh, hey, we're in the Western Conference Finals. Nobody expected us. Now we're going to whip your ass. No, nah, man. It's bas- basketball has always been that kind of challenge and has always uh, made teams, it seems like, climb that. Are you talking into the mic? What happened? Can you hear me? Yeah, it was like you sounded like you were in an echo all of a sudden. Okay. Yeah, there you are. Yay, we found you again. Okay, I, I'll, I'll take you all behind the scenes. So I'm in my house. All the lights are off. <laughs> like, literally, there's not a light on in the house. I'm trying not to wake up nobody in my little spot. And I think what happened was in the dark, I turned the mic to the backwards, and I was talking into the back of it. <laughs> yeah, because all of a sudden, I was like, what the hell is happening? Like, you sound completely different now. Oh. You know, if there's Taylor, there's going to be some oh my kind God. of sound technical snafu. I'm telling you. Every episode that, that <laughs> Matt will either curse under his breath and tell his lady friend, the fuck does he manage to do that every week? Or he'll laugh about <sighs> it like this. Pretty much. I mean, when, <laughs> when it's you turn the mic backwards and we're talking into the back of it, then yes, I'm going to laugh. That's, I'm telling you, man. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting here like, what's he talking about? I, I'm, I haven't changed my volume at all. Oh, my God, that's awesome. I'm, I'm checking the cords, and I'm like, hey, wait a minute. I don't see the red light. Where's the red light? <laughs> <laughs> and then you turn around, and you're like, oh, is this better now? You're like, yep, okay, there you are. Because check, check it out. I was talking with my eyes closed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying? So you're like, no. All right, I can nap while, while, while also no. talking. Well, you know, I don't really need my eyes open to talk. <laughs> but, because they, but because they were closed, I didn't see the light. Oh, my. <laughs> hey, this is what happens you go after dark, bro. Oh. I've already had a vodka and a... Uh, okay. With a sparkling water, and, you know, trying to make sure there's no calories in there. Yeah, I got you. I understand. So it's, you know, and, and it's a bum loss, man. It's just bummed because I, I think a lot of us thought they would get one here, and, and now you kind of wonder, can you avoid the sweep? Yeah, and I don't really even have a good feel for that. You know, I thought they were in trouble today really early because um, I was working on a project, so I caught the game middle of the first quarter. And I think at that point they were down 23-14, and I was just like, ah, you know, game three, you know, the crowd was jacked and juiced to start. 
you really needed to take out and hit him with that blitz early. Uh, even though it's a veteran team, blah, blah, you know, try to build that six, eight, ten point lead early just to, just to kind of say, yo, here we are. And when it went the other way, even though they came back and took the lead at a couple of different spots, mm. I was just like, it just never felt good. No, it never did, and, and it's over. I mean, that, there it is. I, I don't think any of us believe, nobody believes, I mean, somebody out there who's, oh, it's got to happen for the first time, the Mavs are not winning this series. I think that's obvious now. Honestly, the question is, are we doing a, a podcast Tuesday night and, and it's a sweep, or do we get to watch basketball on Thursday night and game five in Golden State? Yeah, and, you know, that's going to be West Coast late night game. and We'll do the podcast afterwards, so, you know. So you're like, so basically what you're saying is if you're going to lose the series anyway, you might as well just go ahead and do it on Tuesday. You know, if you want to lose on a jumper at the buzzer on Tuesday, so it's a well-played game, I know. I, you know, I'm not uh, – I'm not advocating it, but I'm, you know, I ain't really opposed to it. <laughs> Fair enough, man. But I'm not advocating it. I mean, I don't, no, no, I, don't I want understand. A bunch of texts and tweets and stuff. Uh, I understand, not, yeah. But I'm not opposed to it if it goes down like that. Okay. Well, we'll see what happens because that that may be it for the Dallas Mavericks in 2021-2022 is game four down three games to none. Game four on Tuesday night, May 21st. Firth, May 21st. May 24th at 8 o'clock again on TNT. And, and who knows? Maybe Charles Barkley will ride in on a, a giant horse instead of the horse he rode in on with the, an even bigger cowboy hat. Who knows? Wow. I mean, that's what he did. He rode into, Amer into the Victory Plaza on a horse with the cowboy hat on today. And I was like, isn't that, I mean, like, really? Does everybody who comes to Texas think that that's just what everything in Texas is about? Everybody wears a cowboy hat and rides a horse? Bro. A mother told me she was moving moving us to Dallas from Buffalo to work for the Dallas Independent School District. Right after that, I remember watching this show on Scholastic Sports America or something like that about a kid from Brownsville, Texas, who was some athlete. And what did he do, Matt? He, he had a cowboy hat and he rode a horse, and I thought that was life in Texas. Man, I mean, it's I, I've seen it. Trust me, growing up out in Rockwall, especially back in the early 90s, there were people that rode horses, and, and I saw them from time to time on the road. Like, just, it's bizarre, but it's, I don't know, man. Now that's, because there are people who have never been to Texas, who have never been to Dallas, who saw Charles Barkley doing that, and are like, oh, yeah, I guess a lot of people probably in Texas do that. And then when they come to Texas, and, they, and you meet them, they go, oh, so did you grow up riding a horse? And I'm like, <laughs> I, I, I've rode a horse once in my life in Indian Guides, like back when I was 10. And that's it. Never been on one since. <laughs> I feel you on that. All right. Game four. We'll see how it goes. But sounds like the Warriors brought some brooms to Dallas as they'll go for the sweep. Nice little dad joke there for you. <laughs> I love it. All right, so before we get into this trip around the block, let's tell you about Bruce Biltong. Have you jumped into Bruce Biltong yet? Have you gotten your... I just got a, a bag of Bruce Biltong a couple of days ago delivered to me again, and I got to tell you, man, it is absolutely phenomenal. It's like beef jerky. It's a traditional South African air-dried meat. If you haven't ordered your Biltong yet, I don't know why. I, I, I would, I'm serious because, one, you get 15% off every time you order it at BruceBiltong.com. 
You use the promo code JAM15. We're the only podcast this dude has ever sponsored. We're the only podcast he continues to sponsor. And the reason why is because all of you have given him such a great response that he loves working with us and you, and it helps us. So go order a bag of Biltong. Dude, it's one of the best decisions you can make. I like it because y'all know I like to work out. It's a great snack, man. It's 30 grams of protein, 240 calories in a two-ounce pouch. I like it because it fills that little hunger gap in the middle of the afternoon. And it's low-cal, no, what do you call it? No fillers, no sub. It's all natural, man. Yeah, no artificial ingredients, zero sugar. Yeah, and, uh, you know, the other thing is it don't get caught in my teeth. I know that's a little thing, but hey, it matters to me. It's not dry like that. It's yeah. juicy. It's succulent. It's tender. It is delicious. I like, I love, I rock, I ride with sliced biltong, dog. There it is, man. You know, that's a good point because like a lot of beef jerky, it's almost like you're chewing leather. And biltong, it, it's just not that way. And the way that Brew does it at brewsbiltong.com, it, it's just, it's just, you got to try it. It, it. Like you said, it's savory. It's more tender. Go to brewsbiltong.com. B-R-U-S-B-I-L-T-O-N-G.com. Promo code JAM15 at checkout. You'll get 15% off your order. So make that happen. Also, of course, Freeway Tire Shop is so easy to get to just north of downtown Dallas. So no matter where you are in the area, I would encourage you to go to Freeway Tire Shop. And you never know. Chances are you'll run into Jacques hanging out as he's pulling in with another one of his cars (laughs) for JR to work on. Well, I am taking a Porsche to get an inspection. Uh, next week at some point. Well, there it and, is. Uh, <laughs> but that's the beauty about JR, man. You can take it there for an inspection. Inspection. You can take it there for an oil change. Uh, he put an engine in my Challenger uh, earlier this year. Whatever you need, car done, done to your car. Tires, whatever, dog. JR handles it. I ride with him because you can trust JR, man. You trust him and his company to do what, Matt? You can trust him to one diagnose the issue with your car. Two, use quality parts to fix your car, which not everybody does. Number three, man, you can guarantee me, you can trust him to charge you a fair price. Everybody don't do that. Y'all know they don't. And then you can trust him to stand behind his work, man. Everybody don't do that either. That's why I ride with JR, the four T's, baby. I like it. The four T's. That's it. That's, he should put that on a shirt. Ride with <laughs> JR at Freeway Tire Shop. We've got the four T's. You can request a quote, get a schedule of an appointment there online. You can check out their website, freewaytireshop.com. So get on over there and show JR some love. So we take this trip around the block, and we will start out with the, I think prom weekend is always a wild time. And you, you've you got prom weekend, you've got your son's graduation, all this stuff that's happening here in the next, like a finite few day time period. And the story of his prom because I had you on my radio show in Birmingham on Friday. And you're like, actually, and you started telling the story about, I was like, whoa, what in the world? And it, it ended up being like this, this wild, like goose chase story of how he got his suit. Dude, it's, uh, I got to hit you with this, bro. So, um, it started with my decision to buy him a custom suit for the prom. And I decided to do that because one, um, I know a guy who owns a company that does this. And uh, two, um, I figured he could use it after the prom, so it would be money well spent. And the guy who does the suit, a lot of you guys may know him. His name is Carlton Dixon. Uh, played basketball at Dallas Lincoln, uh, played for the University of Texas. And, and you may know his work now, even if you don't know him. The name of his company is Reveal Suits. 
Well, you know those first-round draft picks in the NFL who get on stage and flash the lining of their suit and it says something cool or it says their university logos or whatever? That's his company. Mm-hmm. Like, they were the suit company of the first-round picks this year. Wow. And they, they've got a ton of contracts with a bunch of different, you know, conferences and leagues and stuff. But anyway, I called him up and said, hey, can you do this suit? But we need it by this date because it's for the prom. And uh, he was like, uh, I got you, no problem. So I sent my dude over there. And, of course, if any of you have ever had a custom shirt or a custom pair of pants or a custom suit, you know, it's a, it's a really fun process. You get to pick out your fabric and you get to pick out the buttons, all the stuff you, you don't even think about if you go buy it off the rack. Mm-hmm. And so my guy's in a fashion, and so it was a really cool experience for him. And he took it a step further, Matt. He, like a lot of kids, decided to wear some Air Force Ones with his suit. Except then he got them customized. He took the lining of his suit and had it put on the swoosh and the front patch of the Air Force Ones, making some, you know, uh, designer uh, Air Force Ones. All's good, Matt. I looked at it. I was like, boy, you're going to be clean. It's all great. And then he called me this week. He sent me a text. He said, Dad, I haven't heard about the suit. Uh, it's like Wednesday. So I called my guy, and he said, hey, it should be here. According to everything I've got, let me check on it. And he sent me that text you don't want to get, Matt. Yeah. The long one. <laughs> that goes, I'm so sorry, but. And then um, then it, it ends up with, uh, it's stuck in customs in China. Wow. It's not going to get here till Wednesday. Unbelievable. Dude. And um, at that point, my, uh, my deal is... Well, let us see about that. Uh, and, you know, here's, a, here's the best thing, though, Matt. Me and my son got the same temperament and personality in a lot of ways. And so I told him, let's take a deep breath, improvise, adapt, overcome, and let's figure out the best way to make it happen. Because bitching and moaning and crying about the suit not being here ain't going to do us no good. That's true. Cause, gonna... Right. The suit still won't be here regardless. <laughs> I mean, right. Let's not spend any time whatsoever, no effort into that. Yeah. Uh, I told y'all last year when I was, last week when I was crying. He got fucked during football season. It's nobody's fault. He just got kind of fucked. Yeah. Well, well, the suit's the same thing. Ain't nobody's fault, really. It's just what it is. The good thing is Carlton said, sent me another text and said, hey, I got you. It's nobody's fault, but it's our company. We promised it. So if you need to rent a suit or you need to buy another suit, we got you. It's on us. Don't worry about it. That, my friends, is customer service. So I went out Friday morning looking for a suit for him while he was at school. And then I sent him to another spot on the other part of town when he got out of school. And so to make a long story short, he, um, he found a suit. Uh, they were able to do the alterations the next day, and I'm going to send Matt a picture. I sent you a picture of when he found it, but I'll send you a picture of what he looked like yesterday. And, uh, and uh, you, can, you can tell the people, the because, un- you know, to, to your parents, you always look cool as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably true. Uh, I mean, even if you ain't, your parents think you are. Yeah. Yeah, and I thought so, he had a good look. I thought it looked pretty damn nice, man. Uh, so there it is. I've sent it to Matt. Matt can be the judge of that. It's kind of like an olive green suit. Yeah. Um, and what he wanted was a basic solid suit and a crisp white shirt. And then he wanted to set everything off with accessories. 
And uh, I think he put it off, and the dude's got some great hair, man. He really does, uh, man. I was noticing that, too, because I saw the pictures that you'd put on Facebook or whatever. Oh, like, okay. man, that hair is legit. Now, what he's got is he's got dreads, but he, he wears them in a variety of different ways. You know, this to I don't know how you well, how would you describe what he had yesterday, Matt? It's kind of like a the shoulder length dreads, but the top he had kind of like a ponytail flopped over his head or something. I don't know, man. <laughs> a ponytail flopped over his head. I guess yeah, in a way. But check this out, man. He spends twenty five dollars on a haircut, and he gets his hair cut twice a week. That's amazing. Uh, uh, but you know he works, and so you know. It's that age-old conversation we've always had, Matt. You might spend $50 on a vintage beer, and I would look at you like, you have lost your bleeping mind. No doubt. And somebody else would spend, I've once spent $300 on a shirt, and you would look at me like, you have lost your bleeping mind. And it's all about whatever motivation, whatever, whatever, however you like to get down, and whether you got enough money to make it happen. Yeah, that's very true, man. I mean, he, I thought he had, that's one of those things. It's funny because you look, and obviously, I mean, fashion and style and everything changes over the years. But when I went to my prom, I guess 25 years ago, it would have been, you know, if I went back and looked at what I was wearing and how I looked, it just is so, he just looks so much cooler. (laughs) Well, I will say he's got a lot of swag. Uh, He feels good about himself these days. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the great thing is he was kind of a, borderline fat kid and um you know i was having all kind of i was a fat guy issues that i was trying not to put on my kid (laughs) and then he hit puberty man and he got taller and he went through that cycle where he was playing football playing basketball playing aau basketball and spring football and summer football and basically he was exercising working out year round for a couple years and he just got shredded and cut up man and now for him, it's a lifestyle. Like, that's just the way he likes to look and likes to feel. Um, what do you remember about uh, your prom? I have, uh, my prom, I remember everything. I mean, a, a lot about it. That was one uh, of... So, what'd you wear? Because that's what everybody wants to know. What'd you wear? I wore a, just a, a tux. Back then, everybody was, you know, you'd go rent a tux. You'd go to a tux rental place or whatever, and we would rent a tux. And I wore... <laughs> a tux and my my coat had coattails on it like a, a wow did it now yeah because i wanted those and then i had like a mint green vest and a bow tie and that's what i wore and like all the guys that i went with like i went with nick and brandon and this other dude that we were friends with back in high school named andy and four of us went with our four dates and we had a limo and we all met at nick's house because nick and brandon oddly enough lived on the same street and so we met at Nick's house and everybody went over there and the, all, we, all of our dates were there and the parents and taking pictures of us and everything. And the limo came to pick us up. And I mean, it, it was just, it was a great night. I mean, I, it was one of those nights that I will never forget. And I, I enjoyed the hell out of my prom. I like that. What did you, uh, did you drive? Did you rent a car? You drive your parents' car? You drive No, we got a limo. Car? The limo came and got us. Oh, snap. I yeah. like that. No, it was all four of us. Our, all four of us and our dates were in, in a limo that drove us to the prom and, and took us home afterwards and all that. Oh, no. that was, Oh, yeah. You, you did it. You did it proper, man. It's, um, I remember my prom. It was, um, I was just talking about it the other day. Um, I had, um, do you keep in touch with whoever you went with ever? Well, yeah, because Nick and Brandon, I mean, like I've I've been friends with those guys since I was 13. Now, the girl that I went with, 
Her name is Jenny Smith, and she still lives in Rockwall. And I ran into her, I don't know, man, this is probably several years ago, just downtown Rockwall on the square. And I was like, Jenny, she's like, Matt, you know, and, and, it, and I'd seen her around whatnot, but I like, we don't talk. Like, I don't keep in touch with her. She's not somebody that I would talk to unless I randomly ran into her. All right, I get that. Uh, well, I went with Rosalind Fort. <clears throat> Uh, who I uh, I don't talk to. I mean, I know like it's not because it's just whatever life changes. Yeah. Because um, because uh, she's been married. I don't know for about twenty five years now. But anyway, we still cool. Whenever I do, somehow we bump into each other on social media, as I would say. Yeah. So she's she's uh, she's really good. She's doing well. Uh, matter of fact, her brother sent me something. I don't know a while back on Facebook or something. But uh, anyway. I thought me and Michael Johnson discussed it, and we wore the same thing. That, <laughs> that would be a track Olympian. And we convinced – matter of fact, I think we may have taken the lead a little bit and convinced the girls to match us as opposed to us matching the girls. And we, we stepped out on faith 20 – what was it? Damn, that was like 35 years ago, bro. And we went with the black pants, the white dinner jacket – now, I said we stepped out on faith 20, I mean, 30 years ago, Matt. We both rocked the pink tie and cummerbund when pink was considered very much a girl's look like, what are you doing? Yeah. Uh, now, clearly, some guys wore it because they had it available. Sure. But it was not on the list of things guys were rocking. And uh, me and Michael both rocked the uh, the white jacket, the pink tie and cummerbund, and the black pants. <laughs> I gotta say, we did look sexy even way back then. Yeah, man. I mean, it's. I I thought at the time. I mean, I thought I looked great. And Nick and I had gone around because we wanted to go. You remember in Dumb and Dumber, they wore those really outrageous uh, tuxedos at one part in the movie. And we wanted to go wearing those. Like I wanted to get like a a, a baby blue powder blue tuxedo. And we went to a couple of costume shops and everything, and it was going to be like an outrageous amount. Like it just wasn't, we were like, well, we can't afford this. So we ended up running normal tuxedos, but it was kind of interesting because all the guys I went with, it was our senior prom. Like, so it was our thing. Three of us went with, cause the girl that I took was a junior and Nick and Brandon, Nick went with the junior. Brandon went with the girl from Quinlan. I don't even know how they met. And Andy ended up going with the girl that we had all known for a while and was also a senior. But because it was like mainly our prom, like as the guys, we just did whatever we wanted. And the girls just kind of went along with it, which was cool. See, I think we did the same thing because my date was a sophomore. She's probably happy to be going to the prom. Yeah. And uh, I don't know who Mike went with. Uh, But anyway, I think that's what it was. Now, everybody wants a car for the prom. I had a 71 Volkswagen bug i wasn't interested in driving that to the prom my mother had like a 76 volkswagen bug i wasn't interested in driving that to the prom my uncle had a chocolate mazda rx7 i thought for sure uncle dennis was going to let me drive his car to the prom Mm. that man shot me down bro (laughs) interesting i'm serious i mean you come and stay at my mother's house twice once in buffalo once in dallas as you're transitioning in life because he was her younger brother yeah and your nephew asked you to drive his sport asked you to drive your sports car to the prom and he shot me down clearly 
I ain't forgot about that shit. Uh, <laughs> Apparently not. No. So I had to go awesome. to my godfather and say, "Hey, Bob, can you help me out?" Da 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 da. And Bob was great. He's like my second father, my big brother, all rolled into one. He was exactly what a godfather's supposed to be, uh, and he was my dad's age. Uh, but you could tell him anything. He said, "I'll see what I can do for a young fella." And what he ended up doing was the best he could do at that particular time. He let me use his station wagon. <laughs> okay, I mean, I guess that's now, cool. There's at least a lot of room in it, you know, dude, for I'll, activities. You know, had I been of that mindset, <laughs> I, you know, I told somebody that the other day, I said, had I been of a different mindset, that would have been cool. I'd have threw a mattress back there and got, yeah, no got doubt. busy. Yeah. But at the time, I was just pissed because, like, I've always been a sports car guy. And even in high school, I didn't have one, but I liked them. I was the total antithesis of a station wagon. And so I was just like, whoa, this is a... This is the best I can do, though. So, anyway, we used the station wagon. Uh, I think we did the uh, traditional makeout after the prom, but it wasn't anything, you know. Traditional makeout. <laughs> I mean, everybody's making out, it, but it was. Uh, Not me. Because oh. the girl that I went to prom with, we were literally legit just friends. And, oh, okay. I, and I had been dating somebody leading up to the prom, and we broke up probably a couple of months before that. And I had, all, I had told, because I had known Jenny. For a couple of years, I guess, because we had been in theater together. And so I had told her, if I don't have a date and I don't have a girlfriend at the time, I'll just go. Would you want to go with me? Because we'd have a lot of fun together. And she's like, yeah, I'll go. And so when it came down time to find a prom date, I had told her that previously. So I was like, well, what do you think? And I was nice. And I asked her out and got her some flowers and stuff. But it was all just a friend thing. 100 yeah, percent friends. Well, that's cool, too, because that, that normally guarantees a great time. Yeah, and, and it was awesome, and, and we just had a really good time. There was no stress. There was no expectation of anything. And then afterwards, like when the prom was over, and we all went back to the after party at the high school, and that lasted until like 3 o'clock in the morning or whatever. And then after that, we went to Jenny's house, and her mom had cooked breakfast for our entire prom group. And so that was – so I, I didn't even get home – until like eight o'clock the next morning. <laughs> wow. Well, you know what the kids do now. Number one is, and I just thought about this as a as a story. Like, do tuxedo shops did they used to make a zillion dollars? I guess uh, so. During the prompts, and now they make like half a zillion or a quarter of a zillion because I looked at one one kid's uh, like um, one kid's uh, picture. Yeah, he had like. 10, 10 people at the prom and so I saw 10 dudes and I only saw like about four traditional kind of tuxedo things everything else was non-traditional or maybe it's what's considered traditional today it was more of a dinner jacket or it was just a suit or it was slacks and some it was just a it wasn't a tux in any way shape or form and so I wonder if tuxedo shops have lost business because People are, are are dressing differently these days, and about half of them had on tennis shoes, like my dude. Yeah, I, I bet they are, man. Because like when my brother got married, I have a custom suit because that was we had to go get a suit for his wedding, and he didn't do the tuxedo right. thing. Right. And he was like, "Well, you know, this way, yeah, it costs a little bit more than renting a tux, but you're also going to be able to use it multiple times instead of just a one time thing with the tuxedo." But Matt but, was like, "Not me." <laughs> I know, pretty much. I did say that. That is kind of wild, though, because I, I don't even remember the last time I rented a tuxedo. It would have been in some wedding I was in, 
it was probably when Nick got married. I think we did tuxedo for his wedding, and that was coming up 10 years ago. Right, right, right. And that would have been the last time that I, I would have rented a tuxedo. Now, see, here's the other thing. When I was a kid, I don't remember everybody having getting hotel rooms or their parents being down with getting them hotel rooms. Yeah, hell no. So, that, that would sure as hell wasn't happening for me. Well, that sure as hell got my son a hotel room downtown. Nice. Look at that. It's just uh, the, the, the times have changed. Right, and I don't even know who was there, bro. I don't, uh, I don't know if he invited some young lady later or if a couple of the fellas swung through and they told lies about the good old days in high school up until yeah. the wee hours of the morning. Or if he just went there after partying all night and crashed. All I know is he sent me a text at uh, 158 that said, hey, I'm at the hotel. And I said, cool. Because uh, I was waiting for the text because my sleep pattern was off. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, until they, until they get to that, to that destination point, you're like, you know, please, God, look over my kids while yeah, they're yeah. uh, out in the streets and making sure that other people don't, don't end their lives prematurely. So uh, he got to the hotel and, uh, you know, did whatever he did. And, uh, you know, hopefully nine months from now, I won't be a grandfather. Uh, <laughs> and if not, but, and uh, if they do, you, you know what? You can always be like, hey, you can thank me because the, the hotel room I got you <laughs> led to me having an, this grandkid. No, I think he's good, man. We had the sex talk a while back. And I asked him some very pointed questions and he, he delivered he delivered good answers. <laughs> That's good to know. I mean, when I say pointed, man, I ain't put all his business out there. But I was like, hey, you having sex? He said, he gave me that look like, I said, hey, man, I need to know. He said, well, you know, maybe. I said, all right. <laughs> he said, all right, maybe. And I said, I said, with one or with multiples? <sighs> really, Dad? I said, one or multiples? One. I said, all right. Be careful. You need condoms. You need rubbers. You, need, you, you want to talk? <sighs> Dad, I've got everything I need. I'm good. I don't have any kids. <laughs> I said, hey, man, I'm just asking the uh, questions. I don't want no fucking surprises. Uh, no, you got to. Ha- I remember when my dad, when I was getting older in high school and stuff, and especially when I could drive myself and, and meet people at places, my dad basically saying kind of the same type of things, you know, and I, and looking back now, I mean, obviously at the time it's awkward as hell, but I was glad that I had a, a parent, you know, that would talk to me about that and, and, and make sure, you know, all that situation and how you figure all that out. If I had any questions or whatever, just, to, it, I, right. I think it's a good thing. No, it is. I mean, he'll, he, he like a lot of stuff, man. He appreciated it later more yeah. than he will yeah. now or more than he did at that moment. But, you know, the hard thing about being a parent is, uh, especially if you, I keep saying it like this, man, especially if you like your kids. Like, some some people got kids and it's a difficult relationship and yeah. so they love them, but they really might not like them all that much. But I really like my dude and I think he's a really good dude. Uh, but all of that, my job ain't to be your homeboy. <laughs> And so I got to tell you and ask you stuff and, and deal with stuff that you don't want to deal with all times because, you know, your job is to be a father. It's not to be a homeboy. Yeah. Even though you can have some homeboy moments, a lot of them. But ultimately, my job is to make sure that you can take care of yourself, that you have set the ground. I have slayed the groundwork so that one day you can take care of a family and that you become a contributing member of society in some way, shape or form. And that those people that you raise when I'm dead and gone 
are contributing members of society because you've been taught how to do all the things I just said. Yeah. I would totally agree with that, man. And, and that's, I think, when you have that and you're able to get that from your dad, then you can take it and pass it on. You know, like, like I will to my son when he gets to that age, which oddly enough will be happening here probably. Yeah. I mean, he's 11 and a half, so. <laughs> Dude, well, you'll be, you know. It happens fast. It's, uh, it's very frustrating sometimes when you look out in the world and you see how many messed up people there are because their mom or their dad or their parents couldn't or wouldn't take the time to, you know, make them productive citizens in life. You just don't get there by yourself. Yeah. Uh, you need people to help you, teach you, show you how to do things. Normally, it's your parents. Uh, sometimes it's your grandparents. Sometimes it's a godfather like Bob. It's whomever, but you need somebody. Uh, but, you know, I take great pride in being a father and trying to be, you know, really. It, like, there's a lot of great fathers out there, you know, but my goal is for my dude to say one day, you know, nobody had a better father than me. Yeah, there's a bunch of great fathers, but sure. nobody was really better than mine because that dude was a motherfucker. Yeah, I, I would probably agree with that mentality. I'm right there the same way, man, as, as much as you can be, which is awesome. But prom's a lot of fun. That's an interesting conversation. I mean, everybody, I think for the most part, most people, not everybody goes to prom, but I would guess, what, 90% of people go to prom? Uh, yeah, and you know, he chose not to, uh, not to go with a young lady. Like, um, I think I told y'all. I mean, I am putting all this business out there. But he, <laughs> but, but he doesn't listen, and that's his fault because it's, it's available on, uh, yeah. everywhere. You know, Spotify. Easy to find. I mean, come on. Yeah, I was going to say it's available everywhere. But, uh, you know, he broke up with his girlfriend because um, he said he wanted to focus on his business, and he didn't want to be obligated or feel bad if he didn't call or text or, you know, do all the stuff that a boyfriend is supposed to do. Um, so, that's why he, that's, so that's why he didn't go with his girlfriend. And then his girlfriend from a couple years ago said, hey, I'm not going anybody. You want to go together? And he's like, no. <laughs> nice. And I think some of it's because he just kind of wanted to do his own thing. Yeah. I don't want to have to match with somebody else. And I don't want, you know, because at the prom, the girl going to take over unless it's a situation like us. Uh, like I had where you're dating a much younger yep. girl. So I think he was, and she's a senior, so he's, I think he was just like, nah, I don't want her taking over and having to match and acquiesce and all that stuff. I just want to do my thing. So I'm going to go by myself. And, uh, you know, good-looking people can do that. Yes, they can. It's very true. <laughs> That's very, very true. But all in all, a great time. So good, man. That's awesome. That's a fun chat. So I wanted to get into a little bit of the Peep Show, but before we do that, let's tell you about Smokey John's Barbecue. I got to send Juan an email because he's got, we're going to try to get him on either this week or the week after because they were on Good Morning America and they got a lot of national recognition for how great their barbecue is. And if you haven't gotten a chance to check out Smokey John's Barbecue, now is the time to do it before all of America starts flying in and landing at Love Field and there's a line from all the way down Mockingbird from Smokey John's to Love Field. Because, man, I'm telling you, they are being turned on to the national scene, which is awesome. And they still, only for Jam Session listeners, are offering the Jam Session Bowl made from scratch mac and cheese, mashed potatoes, topped with your choice of two different meats, all the fixings on top with their barbecue sauce. You can't beat it, man. And, and you got to know that it's there because it's not on the menu. You got to listen to the podcast to know you can even order it. Dude, Smokey John's is on a roll, man. But they deserve it, man. 
And this is what happens when you're good guys and you grind and your product, or in this case, your food is sensational, man. Uh, and that's what it is for them. And so I tell everybody, roll through there, ask for the jam session bowl. It, it serves, it, I mean, two can eat and you can have some leftovers. Trust me, I ain't never, I've never seen anybody with my own eyes. And we've had it several times or I've had relatives in and they've had it. So I ain't never seen nobody just sit down and kill that thing, mm-hmm. man. Uh, I really haven't. Uh, so if you can, you know what? Maybe we'll start a contest. If you can sit down there and kill the jam session bowl, maybe we'll give you something cool. <laughs> just by yourself. Somebody tweeted us a picture once where it was just them by themselves and they crushed that thing. Did he? It is okay. possible. Somebody with like an enormous appetite that maybe you didn't eat for a couple of days. I don't know. I don't know. Bro. But anyway, it's uh, y'all get the point. It's delicious. It's great. Uh, go to Smokey John's and try it out. And they're also offering right now for the next couple of days, like you guys hear this, and, and you've got until Wednesday at 5 o'clock to order this, their Memorial Day pack, three pounds of wings, two pounds of ribs, two pounds chopped brisket, half a gallon of potato salad, and half a gallon of baked beans, all of that for one ninety five ninety five. You got to order it by Wednesday, May 25th, though, with all the Memorial Day festivities coming up and the big launching into summer weekend this next weekend. So keep that in mind with Smokey John's, and you can find out more information there at SmokeyJohns.com. Also, HFX Foundation Solutions. We all know in Texas, there is nothing wonkier than Texas foundation and soil. If you've noticed some of those things like cracks or sticking doors or whatnot, the best thing you can do, just immediately call HFX Foundation Solutions. It's a free, no obligation inspection. So they can come out, check it out. And if you do have a problem, you want to catch it as early as possible because as Aaron will tell you, man, that's how you save yourself thousands and thousands of dollars down the road. You want to catch those drainage and foundation issues early on. Dude, in Texas, trust me, you don't want to leave the foundation to chance. You want Aaron and his crew to come out there and check it out and give you that peace of mind that we all crave, that we all want, that we all desire, man. Let them come. It's a free consultation, man. Let them look around and make sure that that colonoscopy for their house, that's what we say they give you, that it gives you peace of mind, man, because they don't find anything. And if by chance they do, chances are they catch it early. And we know if you catch something early, it costs a fraction of the cost if you catch it late. Yeah, and they'll be with you through the whole process. They offer third-party financing if needed. So give them a call, 817-770-0174. Wherever you are in the DFW area, they've got you. 817-770-0174 or online at hfxfoundation.com. So the Peep Show and I... So we... You and I both watched Bosch. Like, Bosch is one of my favorite shows ever. I think it's phenomenal what Amazon Prime did with Bosch. Right. Well, Netflix last week. So, Bosch is Michael Connolly's main literary character. Oh. Well, in the books, there is Bosch's half-brother, Mickey Holler, who is a lawyer. And he is the character that Matthew McConaughey really made famous in the movie Lincoln Lawyer, which is based on that book. Well, I want to say, I think there's six to eight different books that feature this character, and then Mickey appears in some of the Bosch books as well. But they launched one on Netflix called Lincoln Lawyer, and it is a episodic, I think it's 10 episodes, that start with the second book in the Mickey Haller series, because they were like, I read something where Michael Connolly said, hey, we did the Lincoln Lawyer, McConaughey did it, and we didn't want to confuse people. This is just, it's a story that starts with the second book through the Mickey Haller stuff. And I got to tell you, man, it's, it is not as good as Bosch. 
And it's one of those you things that it, it has like a network TV production feel to it where it's just a, it, it, I don't know what it is because Michael Connolly was on it. He's one of the executive producers. He was very active with it in the script and all that. And for whatever, like they use a ton of unknown actors that I've never seen before. And I just, some of it to me, it just feels a little hokey. Really? Yes. And I hate to say it, like, like I liked Reacher, like Reacher on Prime. But if you watched Reacher on Prime and compare it to Bosch, I mean, Bosch was just, it, it, Bosch had some grit to it. It had a, a realness to it that I feel like was kind of missing in Reacher. And I feel like it's kind of missing in the Lincoln Lawyer as well. Well, that's, I mean, the grit is what makes the show great, man. Um, that's disappointing if that's the case. Now, it's on my, I've, I've been, you know, my schedule's been pretty busy lately, yeah, surprisingly, yeah. for this time of year. But I saw that and I was like, oh, I get a chance to look at that. Yeah, you should uh, check it out. I mean, it's worth checking out. Like, we enjoy the story. The story is really good. And I know the stories. But, and the guy who plays Mickey Haller, I like quite a bit. And I don't know what it is, and maybe, and I know this is weird, but sometimes watching things in 4K, I feel like it's not as good as just an 8. And obviously the quality is better, but the way that you absorb 4K, it just looks different. Okay, I ain't never done that, so explain it to me. I don't know, man. It's just it, like 4K stuff, sometimes to me, if it's not sports, sometimes watching movies and whatnot in 4K, I feel like it's, it's almost too real. Like I'm watching a play instead of watching cinema in a sense. Really? Yeah, and I don't know. And I've tried to describe this to people before, and maybe some people know what I'm talking about. I don't know, but it just—I mean, obviously, like 1080 HD, it's super high quality, and, and but going 4K, it gives a depth to everything where it just—and it makes the production sometimes to me just seem different. Wow, interesting. Yeah, I don't know, but yeah, overall, Lincoln Lawyer. I don't know, and, and we're about halfway through it, and then outside of that, I mean. You know, we we got one episode of This Is Us left, and then that whole thing wraps up, and then I don't know if I'll ever watch a network television show again. And then Better Call <laughs> Saul is coming for their midseason finale and all that. And it's interesting because there's we're finally getting to a point, I think, with stuff because everything, for the most part, in Hollywood is back to normal. So they've been able to make some movies and get these big productions out. And we're finally getting back to where every Tuesday movies are coming out for rent that you actually want to see again, which is nice. Dude, we haven't done that in forever, man. Uh, so, no, I think it's great. I haven't. Uh, I was trying to get Better Call caught up on Better Call Saul yeah. last week, and I failed thanks to Dion. <laughs> uh, well, you know, it's amazing how you can have. Uh, that's another conversation. And maybe we'll have it today since today's kind of a free for all day. But. Um, you know, you can just, your day can just get hijacked. No doubt. And then, then your week can get hijacked. Yep. Because you get tossed behind on other stuff because of, uh, you know, some news breaks or whatever. But uh, uh, I'd like to get back caught up with Better Call Saul. Um, but I haven't really had a chance to watch too much this week. Yeah, and that's one of those things where it, it, you just kind of hop around a little bit and – you hope that you can fit in an episode here or an episode there. It's like my brother, Chris, he, he, he got in town on Wednesday and he just flew back to Austin today. And so obviously when he was here, we, we weren't watching our TV shows or anything. So I haven't seen anything in like five days or whatever. But it's funny because, and my lady thought this was, she's like, man, you guys, we would sit, like we would go out and drink, hit breweries, have a good time. 
And then we'd wake up the next morning and we, we probably played video games for like 12 hours while he was here. <laughs> really? What did y'all play? NBA 2K. It was just me against him. And we would just go back and forth. And we played with all these different all-time great teams. Like I was playing with the 80s All-Stars and he'd be the 90s All-Stars. Or he'd be the 2010s and I'd be the 2000s. Or he'd be the all-time Lakers and I'd be the all-time Celtics. And we would play two-minute quarters. And we played a gazillion games to see, you know, just the competition of it. <laughs> And there was a couple, you know, where we'd have a last second shot to win and one of us would win. And I blocked one of his shots once to win. And I went nuts. I mean, it was just fun. <laughs> We're jumping off the couch. Like, yeah, I believe that, man. Yeah, it's pretty awesome, man. And it's funny how it's just, uh, you know, brotherly bonding and, and guys bonding is just different, I think, sometimes. Nothing wrong with that, man. That's one thing I've well, always enjoyed is, is even with friends and my brothers is, you know, you just kind of talk while you're playing video games and you, and you just, I, I don't know, something to it. Dude, one of my best friends, Big Joe and the Big Rig, um, this was before we had kids. So this was the early 90s. Uh, I, his wife worked on the weekend at Sam's. She'd leave there at 730. My wife at the time used to be in the Air National Guard, so she had to, on those weekends she had to go, she'd leave at 6.30. Mm-hmm. Dude, a lot of times I'd show up as his wife was walking out the door, and we would sit in his living room, and we would play Madden, and she would get home, and she'd be like, you're still here? It's <laughs> amazing. Because we had ordered a pizza or something at noon, ate the pizza, took a break, and just cranked it back up. And right around five, I'd be like, yo, uh, Denise is going to be back from uh, from the guard, man, around yeah. six. So I'm going to head to the crib now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And I'd get over there at 730, man, and I'd stay literally till about 530 or six and go home. And then I'd show up and we'd do it again on Sunday. Uh, just playing Madden. He was a much better player than me. Because uh, he, li- he likes to tell the story. The first time I met him, I showed up. and he, uh, I can't remember who he had, but I played with the Rams because it was back when Flipper Anderson was really good. And I was like, oh, I got the yeah, Rams. I got this yeah. great attack. And he beat me 56-3. to And he said, man, when you walked out that door, I didn't know if I'd ever see you again. <laughs> <laughs> and so I remember it like it was the clearest day, man. I had to find a team that could beat him. Because he plays such a certain way, I couldn't beat him. And my team that I finally found that could compete with him was the 72 Dolphins. Because they had a running game, they had a good line. Yeah. Uh, they had Paul Warfield out there. So when I did throw, at least I had somebody who could catch it. And uh, they had Marlon Briscoe on the other side. And I remember he was playing with the Broncos, and I beat him like, you know, 17 to 14 one day. I jumped up. I ran around the living room. I screamed like a banshee. I went crazy. And he said, all right, dog, let's run it back. I was like, fuck you. We're not running it back. <laughs> I'm going home on winner today. I bet, man. Yeah, that's, that's how Dude, it was. Dude, I grabbed my keys and danced out the apartment. That's how it is. Like, the last game that we played before I had to take Chris to the airport, he's like, all right, one more, because I was whipping his ass most of the weekend. Right, right. But I kept playing with the 80s All-Stars because Larry Bird on that game, like, is just like a three-point machine. <laughs> and it was driving him insane. Like, no matter who was on Bird, who was guarding Bird, I was just draining threes with Larry Bird. And so he was finally, I think I beat him like 10 times in a row with the 80s All-Stars. And he finally beat me because I missed a three at the buzzer. 
And so he's like, all right, you can't play with him anymore since I finally beat him. I was like, okay, fine. <laughs> so then I was trying to find other teams to play with and whatnot. In the last game that we played, he, I had a three-pointer. I was down by seven. I hit a three-pointer, and I got a steal. And I went to hit a three-pointer to be down by one with like 10 seconds left, and I missed it, and he got the rebound. I was like, well, that's it. And he's like, all right, time to go to the airport. <laughs> now, you know what's funny about that is we developed a rule that you had to call last game of the day. Like, you couldn't just say, ah, I won, I'll see you later. No, 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 no. You have to call. And as it got closer to whatever our normal department, hey, how much, how much time we got? Is this the last game of the day? Yeah, this is the last one. Okay, all right. This is the last one. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. It was, it was, those were the good old days. Yeah, that's how it is, man. I, I remember I used to do this where I would play when Maddox was first born, and I would, like, wake up at night to feed him. And this is back before Nick got married, and so he would just be up playing video games. And I would jump online, and me and him would play Call of Duty while I'm just feeding Maddox on my lap and stuff, like, in the middle of the night for hours. <laughs> And that was all. And Nick, Nick would be like, dude, it's 4 a.m. I got to go to work in like three hours. I, I got to go. I was like, all right, man. <laughs> Bro, I remember that distinctly. Uh, Big Joe and the Big Red used to rock his son to sleep when, <laughs> on one leg, you know, cradled in one hand yeah, yeah. While, while playing with the other hand. While, if you can imagine, you're rocking a baby with one leg, and then you got your other arm cupped around his neck so that you can keep both hands on the control. God, man. I mean, that's, I, I wonder, I bet a lot of parents in this day and age that grew up with video games, as they got older and you got to wake up in the middle of the night, you're like, all right, well, I got, you know, he's I got to feed him and then burp him and then sit here and hold him for a bit. I guess I'll just play some video games. Dude, I remember uh, he, his baby was probably about seven or eight months old. That dude is 20, 28 now. Incredible. Dude, this is real talk, man. He's 28. His birthday was in February. Um, and he was laying on this huge purple pillow that I had. And he said, hey, can you get the, we used to call him Bubba. He said, hey, can you get Bubba for a minute? I said, yeah, I got him. Da, 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 da. And it, now any parent can understand this. Bubba put out like a gallon of baby drool on me in, <laughs> in like five seconds. But it was, listen to me now, it was baby drool. It was clear. It was just drool. Yeah. There's nothing. I mean, it wasn't even nasty now. It was baby drool. I was like, come get your kid. This is gross. <laughs> this is nasty. I didn't sign up for this. Now, eight months later, I'm like, dude, can you believe AJ vomited in my hands, man? And I caught it because I didn't want it to go on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> I remember those days. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. As, I mean, once you get to actually be a parent, you deal with that. It, it Somehow all that stuff just completely changes. Yeah, you got shit on you. You got vomit on you. You got boogers on you. You got snot Everything. on you. But it's, but it's your kid, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, and what you just said is completely right. It's better on you than in on the carpet where Dude. you got to dig it out and, and get stain remover, and you're like, my God, I wish you had just gotten this all over my shirt. Yep, 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 yep. It it's just makes it high. so much easier. Yeah, no, nah, those are good days about being a parent once they're over. It is, man. That's that's pretty awesome. So a lot of fun conversations on the Jam Session pod this week. And we're moving into Memorial Week, so we'll do a couple more podcasts. And then at the end of this week, I'm actually, we are going to Arkansas. And we're going to spend Memorial Day weekend with the Lady Friends family in Arkansas. And I'm going to get my son 
and he's going to go, we're, we're doing uh, hot springs and we're going to do like canoe down a river and stuff like that, which will be a lot of fun. And then he's coming out here for a couple of weeks. So that'll be nice. That sounds fantastic. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it very much. So, so everybody enjoy your week leading into Memorial day and we'll see how the Mavs look. You got game four coming up. Uh, what on Tuesday night, game four in Dallas. So another late podcast recording for us. <laughs> I mean, yeah, love it. Yeah, awesome. They they just couldn't they couldn't line up this series the right way, unfortunately for us. But we'll see how it goes. Have a good week. Thanks for listening to the Jam Session podcast. Make sure to find us on Instagram at Jam Session Cast. Of course, you can also find us on Twitter at McMatt Radio and at JJT underscore journalist. Our podcast is sponsored by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle so you'll have time for healing and renewal. Give them a call at 972-934-8900. Greening Law, Office, Dallas, Texas. As always, thanks to Purple Elephant Music for the music you hear at the end and the beginning of each episode. He, of course, is the radio, TV, and now podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. And me, I'm just a guy, Matt McLaren. We'll catch you next time right here on the Jam Session Podcast, available everywhere you listen to podcasts.